Welcome back to the Hero with a Thousand Potions podcast with your hosts, Tyler and Nate. This episode covers part two of our discussion of Final Fantasy VII Remake, Chapter 12, Fight for Survival, and its equivalent content in the original release. This episode is basically going to cover the climax of the chapter here. Cloud's already near the top, under gunfire by Reno and Rude. Tifa is just about to catch up to Cloud, and Baird is just uh, a floor or two above them. We cut back to the action. Back to Reno, laying cover fire on Cloud. Rude notices Tifa is almost caught up to Cloud, and Reno wants to turn her into Swiss cheese, but Rude jerks the helicopter's control stick, making his machine gun volley go wide. Reno goes, what the hell? And Rude says his hand has slipped. You want to explain yourself, partner? This is, uh, love for a fellow pugilist. They are punch buddies. He'd really love to punch her. He has a fondness for her to a degree we're not clear on. It could be mutual respect for the shared martial art. When you find a woman that has the same passions as you, you just got to go for it, man. It doesn't matter if they're on the enemy team. This is a Romeo and Juliet story right here. You don't let them get ripped up by machine gun fire from your asshole friend. Or maybe it's like a one punch man scenario where he's like, she's the only one who can take me to the absolute limit who gets me will get me all the way there i'm looking for the worthiest of worthy opponents and there's only one it's her exactly you can't die yet we haven't had our match that's a very vegeta way maybe goku and vegeta both that's that's the love affair those two characters have for each other is they are constantly waiting for the opportunity to beat the shit out of each other i love it it is a nice little Thing to pick up on cloud catches tifa as she leaps through disintegrating carnage and then tells cloud she insists on helping and joins the party in the next few floors reno shoots at us with the machine gun while we engage in a few more battles higher up we see jesse take out a squad of shinra forces with a grenade but then a helicopter has its blinders on her and she hucks a grenade at it as well cloud and tifa witness an explosion from a few floors down but we don't see any sign of a helicopter fall out of the sky Higher up, we see Jesse is buried under a pile of steel beams. And gosh, we haven't talked or interacted with Jesse in such a long time. I guess all of these folks in such a long time. And so we're back into the flirtatious actress Jesse. It's very interesting to see how far we've come since being a part of Jesse's circle uh, orbit and everybody else is an avalanche. And now that we're back, having gone through. Um, the, you know, interacting with Aerith, doing the whole wall market thing. We're kind of back to that. Uh, the people that we got to know in act one, quote unquote, for this game, and things feel a little different now, not just because that they're dying or quote unquote dying, but because we've grown since then. And maybe I'm just projecting my feelings onto Jesse here, but the, the flirtatiousness falls a little flat for me but in a dramatic sort of way in a deliberate sort of way where i'm not disarmed anymore Mm -hmm. i just see an insecure woman you know she's dropping a lot of weird statements for a girl dying right so you're the guy who gets to hear my last words it feels unnatural it feels uncomfortable uh to where it's ruining the scene a little bit in my opinion She says, I just wish I could have had you over again, everyone, with mom's cooking. I really wanted to believe we could. And I want to correct her and being like, excuse me, 
you all ate pizza while I was on mission sneaking around your house, stealing shit from your dad, your dying dad's bedroom. I never had pizza with you, right? <laughs> and uh, so she's like, oh, I'll have you over again. Now, this is, we talked about the vagueness in the previous chapter. And obviously, Tifa is mine during this death scene isn't going to go here. But later, Tifa is going to be wondering, wait, when did she have Cloud over? What was she talking about there? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, you got to got to tighten that ship up a little bit here. But um, I laughed for about a minute straight at this scene <laughs> because um, there's the infamous line of Cloud going, yeah, you owe me a pizza. <laughs> I just wish that I could have had you over again. Everyone with mom's cooking... I really wanted to believe we could. Yeah. You owe me a pizza. I didn't think much of it the first time through. And there's a donkey video where he dunks on in in donkey fashion. He dunks on Cloud's delivery of that line. And I was originally just like, but it makes sense, you know, he's he's trying to connect to her and like encourage her, yeah, we'll get through this, whatever. And and I really would didn't pay attention to the delivery. And then he he Dunky again like brings it up later on a video about voice acting and like real actors embodying characters instead of just hiring randos. You know the the void that that creates in modern game development when you don't hire real actors to act in your video games. And so uh, and and to be clear, Cloud's voice actor is a real actor, but I think there is a lack of like direction and contact in this scene because definitely how it's delivered. Yeah, I agree. It sounds like he's legitimately angry that he's not getting a pizza. <laughs> and I just had to laugh like a good while, basically for the remainder of the scene. And that's probably not what the directors wanted to have happen. Uh-huh. Finally, her hand and her head goes limp. And Tifa's sobbing, fists clenched. Cloud looks down at his hand and closes a fist as well. We are clenched fist gang. And now it's time for the showdown. Pre-boss save point. Some shit's going down. Well, this also did feel like a real death scene because like her lips lose all color over the course of the scene. She looks like an actual mm. corpse. And and where you were saying where Biggs was just dirty, <laughs> um, she looks actually dead and looks like she fully really died here. So uh, that it carried much more weight than the Biggs kind of fake out. Maybe Biggs was never intended to be a fake out. I don't know, but it felt like a like a half-hearted death out on the big side, whereas this one felt real, like completely legit death here. You'll have to ask the dusty ghosts when you talk to them next. After Cloud goes hard on her about pizza, she goes, uh, yeah, that's right, I do owe you a pizza, but I don't think dot dot dot, Oh, no, Tifa's crying. Did I say something wrong? Don't you guys have somewhere to be? It's not polite to stare, you know. Those all kind of read as like those prepackaged Jesse lines that absolutely, like, Wedge has this thing that says early in the game where he's like, don't fall for it, dude. And Cloud's like, what? What are you talking about? And Wedge is like, every, I forget the exact quote, but he's like essentially saying like, she's an actress 
and the whole world is her stage. Like it, none of it's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of her flirting and all of her lines and everything. So this would be a time where you're on your deathbed. Maybe you're peeling the onion of there are more, no more lines for a girl on her deathbed. You get an actual like genuine moment from her. So instead of like, oh no, you're crying. Don't you have somewhere to be? It's not polite to stare. You know, like those are things we expect of living fully healthy Jesse, right? And and not even the pizza line, but just be like her being like, Cloud, I I really wish we could have, you know, gotten to know each other. You know, that's stupid. That's a bad line. I'm not a writer, but. Something actually genuine of like, I really thought we could make it through this together, you know, or and just as a, the group of them, not just her and Cloud. Something genuine and actually heartfelt instead of these like prepackaged Jesse lines would have felt a little bit better than the idea that she's so committed to her like gainsmanship of people that it follows her to her grave. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's the character they're trying to present. But to me, that's like really dissatisfying. It could be actress to the end. But then again, if you're an actress, you would prefer an audience, I figure, and want to be stared at. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. Maybe when you die in the remake verse, you spit out all of the unused voice actor lines that hadn't been <laughs> produced yet in the game. Just kind of compulsory. Or maybe she never got to be in a good old fashioned Shakespearean play where she gets like five minutes to die. Mm. She's like, oh, this is my moment. I get to do my death scene now. You know, these topmost floors are pretty much on fire. Now we hear Barrett roar and we see him shooting his gun arm at a helicopter from across the way. Cloud races to Baird, who's hiding behind a rack of gas canisters. Brilliant idea, brah. Which the helicopter promptly blows up after Tifa catches up. Reno goes, time for a rematch. Rude tosses him his electro baton and then shouts, It's nothing personal, bitch. It's nothing personal, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. Like, I I feel like should be slam dunking a basketball over Cloud's oh, yeah. head at that moment. Knocking him to the ground. It's nothing personal, bitch. The whole crowd, the, the whole stadium starts cheering and then like he does his little signature like what up stance. But no, that didn't happen. It's just he's saying it to himself. Yeah. Cloud can't actually hear him say this line. He's saying it to no one. Reno's probably amazing at basketball. Or he's like five foot tall and <laughs> doesn't have any skills. Rude lays cover fire down while Reno races to a console on the top of the pillar, which we're all on now, and inputs the self-destruct sequence. An electronic voice says plate separation authorized, but Cloud interferes before Reno can press the big red confirmation button. Cloud dares him to press it. Cloud's low-key fucking with him when he does that, making him think the false flag attack will blow up in Shinra's face. I don't think Cloud should dare him to press it. It's one of those, like, you don't want them to call your bluff. I'm reminded of the Dark Knight when uh, Joker is holding Maggie Gyllenhaal out a window Mm, at the benefit for Harvey Dent. And he says, let her go. And Joker's like, very poor choice of words, and promptly lets her go to let her fall to... Uh, her death, if not for Batman saving her before she hits the ground. That's one of those moments. You don't dare Reno to press the button. Yeah, I don't know if Reno is full Joker brain. 
but he is he definitely has some I don't give a shitness to him, right? Yeah, no doubt. And not that Cloud's experienced that per se, but we've seen him be the rude's like, oh, we got we got to take care of this. This is going on, and Reno's like, ah, fuck it, I don't care. Like, mm. so yeah, there's a little bit of that going on here where Clouds think he's gonna try and intimidate him. Like, if you push that button, I'll kill you. And Rito's like, ah, yeah, good one, you know. Uh, but anyway, there's a little bit in OG here of like a Looney Tunes moment of we're protecting the button, and Reno jumps down, runs past Tifa, and like spins her like a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. Almost like, do you know that that look on in Final Fantasy VI, the like big shocked eyes sprite? It reminds me of that if this was in sprite form, if we were still on the SNES, like Reno would have dropped down, he would have ran by Tifa, and like the the character model would have like popped up a half inch and got that sprite for a second and be like, oh no, and whatever. But for all of the like, we're going to stop him. We're going to protect this. We're going to keep him. We get in there. And it's like, yeah. Have you, uh, have you thought about the technique they have of running it? What are you hmm. going to do about, what are you going to do about that buddy? But we do know in a remake and they don't use this in the cutscene. but Reno has like lightning warp powers where he zips by people hmm. at tremendous speed. So I would have expected him to land. They do like a, football offensive line situation and Reno's just like you would have given him this moment of like <laughs> you you guys you're silly and then he just <laughs> right past them and they're like where did he go and he's like you who and pushes the button from behind them that would have been epic right that would have mm-hmm. fit the character that would have fit the character better than the like cloud fake out in my opinion yeah I agree I agree it's time to fight rude again Reno. Time to fight Reno. God damn it. They're completely interchangeable for you, aren't they? No, (laughs) it sure seems like it, but it's it's not true. Technically, we do fight Root, but not quite yet. Reno goes stubborn little shitbirds, ain't ya? And then we engage in a fight with Reno. Not Root, Reno. Baird is in the party now, and I have no material equipped. Um, I get the shit kicked out of me. I die and I reset to build Baird up before I restart the fight. On that helicopter strafing cutscene, there was a, uh, depending on what platform you play it on, but I'm on PC, so the X button is where the square button is on a PlayStation. The X button prompt is on the screen for, it says like equipment or items or something like that, and you can't just press it, you have to hold hold it down. And what it will do is, after the cutscene is over, it will take you to the menus where you can equip Barrett before the battle begins. I didn't see that. You missed it. Round two for me, my newly constructed straight-up attack damage Barrett with wind damage junction to him lays serious firepower on the uh, on Rude and then also on uh, the helicopter as well. Okay, I have to interject here mm. with something. What did you just say? My newly constructed straight up attack damage Baird with wind damage junctioned to it. What? Lays down serious uh, firepower. What does junction mean? Junctioned. Jun- has, has anyone listening played a game where they would understand what junctioned means? Yeah. Uh, so Baird, he's got Quetzalcoatl equipped. 
He's got Pandemona. He's got Doom Train, and uh, we just got Eden as well. He's he's loaded for bear for Barrett. See, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're the the status effect attack junction, but <laughs> that is like uh, I I realize there's so many little things about this series that are just like it, it might be word salad to anyone <laughs> who doesn't play every single Final Fantasy game. What uh, what I'm talking about is junctioning is a weird term used in Final Fantasy VIII for the ability to apply magical spells to your attacks and defenses and stats. And basically, that's the only use for magic. You don't actually cast magic in any meaningful way in that game. <laughs> you just put it on your body. And that is called junctioning. So for anybody out there who uh, hasn't played Final Fantasy VIII, that's what we mean when you junction wind magic to your your damage. It means that not only are you hitting them with that that straight damage, but it is now wind element aligned. It's true, Nate. Yeah, I totally ignored Reno. But I do break Cloud out of the golden prism before he dies this time because Reno puts the people in these prisms where they're in stasis, and I think they're taking damage throughout, and you've got to spend quite a good amount of attention and damage and resources to get them out. I thought it was quite, I mean, in original, he does it in original as well, but it only takes one attack to clear a prism. Not the case in remake. See, that's where I wonder, I'd have to look this up, I don't know for sure, but I wonder if the prisms don't have, like, a health bar per se, but they have a um, a status of needs to be physically hit five times like it Mm. has it has five layers of one hp because Mm. i was using tifa's star shower ability which has her like turn into an anime ninja and just kind of like reno in a way like zipping back and forth and warping and doing all of these uh like strategic strikes in an area yeah better example karazim's what's it called the circle uh seven-sided strike Seven-sided strike. That's the best thing. Karazim from Heroes of the Storm has a move called seven-sided strike. If you get in that Karazim circle, he will beat the ever-living shit out of you with just like, he's he's in like a meditative trance in the center, but like shadow figments of him will just warp in and beat the ever-living shit out of you if you enter that circle within the three seconds that he's doing it, right? Tifa's star shower is kind of like that. In a small area, she delivers a like flurry of warping strikes and then like smashes down in the center at the end. And so for me, the prisms like evaporated immediately. And I don't think this is a particularly high damage ability. I think it gives her essentially iframes in that she doesn't exist for that one or two seconds. And she's delivering like a bunch of small, potentially delivering more stagger points than she has actual damage in my opinion. Hmm. So the prisms immediately just disappeared the second I did that with her because I, I figured Reno's here. There's a prism nearby. I might as well just drop this to do damage to both of them instead of having to concentrate it. And they immediately were gone. So, um, yeah. One other thing I'll note, you know, you're saying you're, you're having a little bit of trouble with this fight. This is the first time in a couple chapters where I feel like I'm absolutely just probably the last time was Abzu, right? Hmm. Um, where I'm just like dogpiling <laughs> my enemy 
because this is very action focused. This is not like, oh, you got to do this condition and then that condition. It's like the game just rewards you for getting in and beating the shit out of them. And like, and it also rewards you for countering and dodging. Like Reno will, will telegraph an attack. And if you dodge it, he will be left open. Reno will like wind up. And if you counter it, you'll get a lot of ATB and you will hit him back hard. So I'm back in my mojo here when they give me these kinds of fights. Whereas the giant ghost and Elagor, those fucked me up. And I was like, I am not having fun. So I'm, I'm back right now. Outstanding, Nate. I've got my Clive energy in this fight. I'm dodging, I'm countering, I'm fucking them up. They can't touch me. Did you focus Reno or the helicopter in phase two? I've noticed that a really good strategy for this fight, once they introduced phase two, was essentially switching between characters and just dropping your bars. So for whatever reason, my my side characters were getting good chunks of ATV when I wasn't mm. playing them. And so I would drop um, Barrett's overcharge into the chopper. He'd have two ATV. So I'd do the like focus shot thing too, the two bar one. Mm-hmm. And then I'd look over and Tifa's full. So then I'd have Tifa beat up Reno a little bit. And then I'd switch to cloud and I'd have him, maybe somebody needed a heal or something. So I'd drop that. But I was just in this flow of, Tief and Cloud being up Reno, then Barrett was focusing on the chopper, and I was just cycling through them back and forth the whole time. Worked pretty well to kind of have them in a similar health pool situation when it was all said and done, because eventually Reno gets out of... Eventually, Rude, you're you're infecting me. (laughs) Eventually, Rude gets out of his chopper and joins the fight on foot, and he shares his health pool. He was taking damage inside the chopper (laughs) from the bullets. Uh, he shares his health pool with his chopper. Very and, sympathetic. Yeah, and they were both kind of like near dead at like 30% at that point because I had been cycling them. Really? Okay. They were both at about half health for me uh, once uh, phase three begins where we find the, fight the two of them. The Turks two-step, as Reno puts it. Oh, yeah. Chrono Trigger, right? They have a double tech where they leap into the air and shoot huge blades of lightning in every direction, and it can do a good 40% of your health if you're in the way. And if all three of your heroes are in the way, everyone has taken about 40% of their health. Oh, no. Big, big damage. Damage ability. Look out for that one. It's going to be fun when we meet Reno and Root again in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and we double-tech their asses because we now have those in the new game. Sweet. If you've seen some of the previews. This phase three becomes highly chaotic for me. Everyone's dying. And I'm trying to focus Rude because I have a feeling that Rude is going to be more dangerous to me than Reno. But I can't remember how to change targets all of a sudden. But eventually Reno gets pretty low, about 15%. And although my plan was to switch damage to Rude, like I said, I hop onto Cloud and I cross slash uh, Reno totally dry. No stagger built up at all. And he's out. And then it says they're both defeated and the battle's over. So I was quite relieved because it was starting to get out of hand near the end. Yeah, definitely highlights our different strengths in this game, I think. Because for me, this wasn't at any point a wait for the window to do something fight. This was just go ham. Switch characters, drop your bars, light it up, hit the buttons, Mm. go for it. You know, 
So you felt pretty good and 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 in control in phase three. Yeah, this was this was definitely a um, you're you're free to hit all the buttons you want to hit, mm. and I haven't felt like that in a good while in in a good two three hours of gameplay here. The fighting's over. Cloud has Reno in control, but Rude runs out of Barrett's control at the console, dodging Barrett's gunfire along the way. A cloud of specters show up out of nowhere and bars the way towards Rude. Effectively, they're fortified around him, and then they dissipate after Rude hits the red confirmation button. Warning signs blare. Rude dodges a buster sword swing and gets away on a white helicopter with Rude around his shoulders. Damn it. With Reno around his shoulders. Barrett's shooting at the console like it's going to do anything, and then and then Song shows up, and Aerith is also in the screen as well. We, get the, we have noticed that... Uh, Aerith is uh, under arrest. With that, if anyone saw the screen and what Song is about to say, that he's confirmed that the plate's coming down, and uh, that would be some pretty damning evidence against this false flag attack, but there's no one to witness it that isn't already a, uh, a belligerent in this fight. Nobody has their cell phone on them. In this <laughs> yeah. Right. Their PHS. Well, we know they exist. Because they are in the seven universe that everyone has cell phones at this stage in the game. The Turks especially. Maybe you can't afford a plan in the slums. It's too expensive. Hmm. And you mentioned Barrett shooting the console. Barrett, that's your opener. The second you got up there, that's what you do. The big computer. Maybe this is dialing into that theory you had that he didn't actually know what the hell they were going to do there. Mm, He was just mm. he was just there because. Or maybe like Avalanche was like, here's another Xenoblade theory moment. Avalanche didn't actually know what was going on. They got some like leaked intel of like, we've got one of your members captive. So as part of the like false flag attack, Shinra lures them there and then pins them down and then starts the narrative of like, don't blow up the pillar, Avalanche. What are you doing, you assholes? You know, like, because again, (laughs) if you actually knew what was going on, if Barrett had that information... You open with shooting the giant console that has the button that starts the bomb, right? That's mm-hmm. the first first thing you do when you get up there. Instead of, oh no, they push the button. I better shoot the only device that can stop it, <laughs> in theory. Yeah, it's a damn shame. Yeah. In OG, they straight up say, it's a time bomb. <laughs> so the question is, yeah, and this is very Shinra-esque. The, the, I guess it's not really a question, but just the blatancy of we built a pillar to hold up our city. Also, inside the pillar, we have it completely wired with time bombs for for whatever reason. There's a whole fully developed support structure simply to activate the time bombs within our pillars. And it's like, in what scenario is this a good idea? Like, okay. <laughs> You're you're an engineer building Midgar, and they're like, "All right, we got the plates up there, whatever." And then somebody comes in, and it's like, "But what? What if we need to drop the plates?" You're like, "No, you, there's no situation in which you drop the plate. That's a very bad idea. Do not do that." No, I I think we need a failsafe, guys. If we need to drop the plate, just we'll have the demolition built beforehand. We don't have to set it up on the spot. We'll have it pre-existing within the very structure of the city. And the engineers are just going like, um, are we the bad guys here? There's there's something wrong. I, I don't like my job. 
<laughs> because that makes no sense to me. I the the idea that there would build be a built-in feature to destroy your own city. There is a destroy your own city feature in the Game of Thrones books or A Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, if yes. you've read them, um the I Mad King Eris the second had put wildfire barrels scattered throughout the city and when he it turns out that he was losing robert's rebellion this is part of the events that take place before uh the the, the first book uh he was going to uh just nuke the entire capital of king's landing and then uh of course jamie lannister uh, intercepts that and becomes the kingslayer uh mm-hmm. to prevent that from happening but uh I suppose if you're mad, if you're crazy and drunk on power and uh, obsessive. President Shinra is, maybe this leans into this whole, like, promised land. This place is just a temporary, like, mm. stomping ground until we get to the promised land. From from our OG perspective, that was always his end goal, right? Mm-hmm. Seems short-sighted. I think you can have a promised land and you can also have a Midgar. And you can, like, if I'm a property owner, right? like a new property comes open for sale in town and it's like this is this is better than my first property this is great i can make a lot of money renting this place out i don't just torch the old one i say hmm maybe i'll own two properties that might be nice to have two incomes but i digress i digress in the finale of remake Everything's exploding. There's a timer in the corner of the screen, 30 seconds to do, well, it isn't obvious what it is. And I'm having like a panic attack. Like, what, 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 what do I got to do? What do I got to do? And it turns out it's really just a matter of recovering Tifa, going to Barrett, who over the course of the first 10 or 15 seconds of those 30 seconds, he finds a cable with which we can zip line away. We all run and jump at it and cling to one another, giving a maximum push away from the pillar. We zoom away from the pillar as the plate comes down. Next shot, we see President Shinra watching several little building fires break out throughout the sector from his office window, high above the streets with grim satisfaction. So about this wire that they swing on? Yeah. In OG, this is like a little hook. You would you'd hook something on here and you'd swing it. But judging by the trajectory of where they're able to go on this wire, this wire is hooked onto Sector 6 and, or like, is lynched onto Sector 6 and hooked onto a piece of structure from Sector 7. And logistically here, Mm -hmm. the way in which it would work is because of that height and the angle and everything, they would get on that wire, and this is OG's one. They fix it in Remake. But you'd get on that wire, and you would splat straight down into the ground immediately. Because in order for to to extend that long, it has to be long enough to make it all the way to Sector 6. The distance between where they're standing and the ground is shorter than the distance to Sector 6, in my opinion, oh, from what sure, I can see. Oh, sure, I see what you mean. So they would just slam straight into the ground, but they don't. They do like a Spider-Man swing into Sector 6 and they're safe. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Now, Remake changes it. They show that this is like more of a zip line than an attached wire. This is a zip line down to the ground as like a maintenance like cart hangs on this thing 
like you would load it up with boxes and those boxes would get ferried up to the top of the the pillar Mm -hmm. and Barrett Barrett shoots all of that stuff free so that he can just access the structure on the zip line and hold on to that. So they, they fix it. But the problem is they still ride down into sector six into the park area where we never identified that there was any sort of freight or <laughs> mechanism or anything. They just kind of slide it. I'm going to look at the footage here. I'm going to see what, sure, what sure. the deal is with this. Yeah, he gets on the little maintenance platform, shoots free the structure holding it there. They ride the wire. We get a pre-rendered cutscene here. We, we're we not in-game graphics anymore. This is as as high quality as it gets. Wedge... Is holding his cats. Yes. Right? Okay, so Wedge is holding his cats, trying to get them out of Sector 7. The dusty ghosts are circling around Wedge, keeping him from trying to escape with his cats. And then a piece of debris falls onto his face, seemingly. Oh, yeah, it's implied like he dies. Okay, so we are still riding the wire all the way into Sector 6, under buildings, in between structures. Yeah, this is where, again, it doesn't make sense. This is like a, this is what I would characterize as an ass pole. So they fixed the, <laughs> they fixed the wire that they wouldn't just splat straight into the ground from OG. But now the wire carries them directly past the, um, you know, the park with the little mog mm-hmm. slide. The wire is like right next to that. And it's like, are you telling me that they shipped in materials like through this children's park? <laughs> like they, they skate right past this thing. So when you're like, oh, we need to load up supplies up to the sector seven pillar. And they're like, all right, send the cart down to sector six, the, the common area where the kids hang out and load it up there. I'm a little, I, I might need to investigate the area further if I can make sense of this. But right now, I'm going to go with, this is yet another ass pole. They fixed one issue, but they created another. Mm-hmm. With the cables. Yeah. I think Barrett should have got a jet pack. That would have been really cool. Or a, a heli trooper. They should have leapt onto a fleeing heli, heli trooper. Oh, shit. Or they put on the gloves themselves. Oh, that's great. Hmm. Or the game already established that they have parachutes. So I don't know the parachutes are fast enough. The zip line's definitely faster. But you could take a zip line, you could start off on the zip line and then realize you're like still cascading down into sector seven. And then you pop your parachute and you've got that momentum of the zip line. But that's a lot. That's asking a lot for all three of them to have the foresight to put on a parachute backpack when they went up there. So. Indeed. It's a, you know, ultimately rule of cool wins. If it's cool, that trumps if it makes sense, right? I'm nitpicking. I'm being a cantankerous bitch. Final shot of the chapter. Oh my god. I don't know if I can say this without laughing. In the final shot of the chapter, a cartoon house cat witnesses the carnage and collapses to its knees in sorrow. And if you've played original, you know what this means you know what's going on here but for anyone that's played a remake before original you're looking over your shoulder at the friend who's watching you play <laughs> and going you saw that too right 
And that's how it ends. It begs the question, right? We have a scene of President Shinra looking out of the Shinra Tower, which is apparently pointed in the direction, like the windows. Maybe it's fully circular, but from my perspective, there's a front and a back to the Shinra Tower, right? Um, And that front is pointed in the Sector 7, Sector 8 direction. It must be circular. There must be back windows there. Um, Anyway, President Shinra's watching this with a sense of satisfaction on his face. Now, in OG, there is classical music playing, like adding to that sinisterness of, like, he is just unconcerned, unfazed, untouched by the uh, destruction and death before him. He's enjoying a little bit of leisure time while this all happens. But in Remake, we get no classical music. And that's kind of disappointing. That's a character moment right there. And aside from that, with the you mentioned the cartoon house cat watching this, slamming his fist in the ground. We know who operates the cat, right? And that man also probably has access to a window in the building he works at <laughs> to where you could have just shown him the person we've already been introduced to the person we know has qualms about this operation. You could just have him at a window pounding his fist on the window because that would make much more sense. Now I'm going to go into another wild theory here and it's going to help me out with what we talked about earlier with the cartoon cat sacrificing himself. Ketchy, uh, the cat, he is not just like a robot operated by Reeves, but he is an AI that has a like mental imprint of Reeves hoisted onto him. Like he, he's a, they scanned Reeves' brain, they put the the AI of that brain into Ketchy, and then it's his job to do the spying and relay information back to Reeves remotely, because that's the only reason why. <laughs> If you're the guy who is watching this destruction happen, you wouldn't you wouldn't be pounding your fist in real life in your actual body. You would be operating a cartoon cat and having him pound his fist, right? Yes, I guess so. Yeah, think of that. He's at the control sticks. Like if I'm playing the game and I have the controller in my hand, Reeve just got the uh, prompt for press F to pay respects. Right. (laughs) And he pressed that prompt and it made the cat get mad. And so I have to go with the theory now that the cat is his own independent consciousness apart from Reeves himself. Because otherwise, Reeves, he has a little bit of soul searching. It's Reeve, though, right? It's not Reeves. Yes, I'm reading. I'm reading your notes. God damn it. In your notes. You've been calling him Reeves, and I've, I've. <laughs> I get to call you out. I, you get to call me out on it. Yes, his name is Reeve, but the fun, the funny thing about it is, he doesn't entirely not look like John Wick in some instances. Yes, right, right. He's got long black hair. He's got a goatee. He's got the beard action. He's a attractive aged male and he's wearing a suit so they didn't know this back in the day in the 90s but it just kind of happened that those those two uh verticals are the, the streams are crossing a little bit there on the reeve keanu reeves likenesses i guess 
but no, yes, his name is Reeve, and I've been reading your notes to start calling him Reeves. Control F replace re R E E V E S replace with R E E V E one hundred thousand instances found in this document. Oh god. Replace all. Alright, let's talk more about Clouth. Clouth? <laughs> Abstract typo joke. Oh, gotcha. Great. So let's talk about the finale in original. I love these shots. It's so cinematic for the time. I mean, my goodness, 1997, you've got the integration of full motion video with the playable character sprite interacting with it as cinematography is taking place. First thing that happens once the pillar begins exploding is uh, the pillar is breaking up as the helicopter leaves. The one with uh, Reno and Rude. I have to correct myself here. So in original, in this shot, there is a helicopter fleeing the pillar, but Reno and Rude are not in it. It's Song and Aerith. Now in remake, Song and Aerith have their conversation on a computer screen on the console with the, with the Doomsday button. But original Song is in the helicopter and he reveals that he's arrested Tifa live, like in front of them, in the air in front of them. So that begs the question, what happened to Reno in original? Well, after you defeat him in the boss battle, he leaps off the utility platform. He straight up jumps. Ridiculous, I know. And Rude, he's not in this scene whatsoever. Not part of the boss fight, nothing. And uh, we see the big brown pillar starting to come apart. There is a drone shot looking down on our heroes on the platform where the console is and then zooms up and away several hundred feet and Cloud is still movable in this shot as all of this carnage is taking place in the background. It's amazing. There is the panic moment again and yep, recover Tifa, checking with Baird who discovers the, the Tarzan swing. And uh, this is such a minor note, but I, I have the note here that in remake when they're on the, on the zip line, Tifa clings to Cloud, who clings to Barrett, but in original, Barrett has each of the other two on a shoulder as they go down the Tarzan swing. The pillar explodes as they zoom away from the sector. The next shot, after the zooming away, is a shot kind of like as if it were from way, way up in the air, or let's say from an office building's window, and the top falls very clunkily onto the slums below. And then an amazing shot of Midgar News playing on a TV in a slum living room. We see the reporter jerk and put his hands up defensively before the broadcast goes dead. Meanwhile, outside the window, because it's not just that the, we see the broadcast, we see the whole room and in the room is a window and you can see outside the window that the plate is coming down, like the horizon is coming down. The next shot, very low to the ground, shot of a shopkeep looking upwards an impossibly heavy sky comes falling down on him like it's an ankle shot pointed up into the air this cinematography is absent in video gaming before this if someone wants to correct me if someone wants to tell me that there was this sort of cinematography going on in any video game on or before 1997 let me know because I think this was revolutionary. The Tarzan rope heroes slip perfectly through a Sector 6 gate as fire rushes out after them. And then, very much like in Remake, we see the Shinra uh, president watching from his office high above. And the final image, 
the imposing Shinra building aglow at night, safe from the carnage below. No cartoon cat. Nope. Nope. Wait till Gold Saucer. As always, thank you for listening, everybody. This episode has been a production of Gunblade Guys. That's us, Tyler and Nate. Think about liking us, subscribing to us, five-starring us, or writing a review about us, or telling a fellow game liker about us as well. If you like this show, someone you know probably likes this show too. You can join the conversation with fellow fans of the show on Discord. You can find a link to that Discord on our podcast description paragraph. If you feel like tipping us, there's a link up there as well. You can also catch us on Twitch and YouTube under the name Gunblade Guys. And uh, don't even think about emailing us at gunbladeguys at gmail.com. Or we're going to send the robot a cat after you. Mm-hmm. I'm busy making people angry on the YouTube channel, so come get mad. You don't use YouTube to coddle people or reinforce their existing beliefs? There's one comment that the person was saying, like... This, this is really not good for your views. And I'm like, dude, if you thought I gave a shit about my fucking views, then you haven't been paying attention to my entire playlist where I did an entire series where three people watched the, the whole thing. So I don't do it for the views, baby. I do it for love of the game. Literally. I love you guys. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Peace out. Yow. Yeah. We love you and stuff. Pizza. that gen z speak i'm in a unique position where um i'm a millennial technically born in 86 but i had two 10 something year old older sisters right so they were gen xers so i was raised by gen xers even though i'm a millennial first off then i i have my whole millennial lifestyle then i married a woman seven years younger than me so she's like at the tail end of millennial um but then we move into the navy where she's old when it comes to navy people we're hanging out with 18 year olds 19 year olds and i'm fucking 35 here you know but i'm around these people all day and she's you know her her friends are coming over to play games for game night or you know whatever hanging out at the bar all this stuff and so i've been just through osmosis taking in every generation around me so i i see and interact with a lot of gen zers i see and interact with people my age and then i was raised by people older so it's like i i um i don't know um it's like an identity crisis kind of thing what what am i what do i say what do i do who do i identify with here you've you're a little sprinkling of everything i feel the same way like i'm technically an elder millennial but i feel very gen x Mm, yeah and i feel a little silent generation too where i where i'm i value quiet strength composure i think millennials have a unique split point of you have pre-internet proliferation millennial and then you have post-internet proliferation post-internet proliferation millennial as well don't you think yeah yeah internet was coming out about yeah 97 97 98 mm-hmm. so i would that's, have been that's 13. my that yeah that was my internet awareness primo time enough of this All old right. man talk huh yeah we're here to talk about die. video games
Yep. Yep. But for what reason? We don't really know. We don't know very much about them at all. Uh, kind of fine. I'm very. I'm just fine. With you know, that. I'm good because maybe it's your time to have a a chunky episode. Chunky episode is mine. You got your new station back. You got your your mojo. Your recording. Whatever. I'm. The floor is yours. I do have my mojo. I am. I am <laughs> sparky today. I'm really, really happy to be back here. It's it's a homecoming. You've only got seven travelogs to record, so I'm I'm so happy oh for God. you. Yes, the near one is the the script is done. I just need to record and edit and then do the silly skits. Cut the cut me being dumb. I don't know. Impossible. This is Doma Castle. Doma Castle gets destroyed. Oh yep. man, that castle's gone through a lot. <laughs> I can't talk about this. Just cut all this. This is all, I, I I have to get into literally the game's ending for this to make sense. So just cut it. Okay, we'll do that. Maybe we'll make it an outtake. No, that's to cut it. Cut it. Cut it. It's dangerous. Right. It's too dangerous cut for it, our listeners. Cut it. Cut it. Too dangerous. This can be an outtake. Me freaking out about a mystery topic. Sure. I ain't cutting it. I ain't cutting Nate. Oh God. I ain't cutting it. I'm cutting it. I'm cutting it. Tifa, Tifa, God damn. The helicopter probably blows up after Ticha catches, after Ticha, God damn it. Which the helicopter promptly blows up after Ticha, God damn it. What did you say that they thought that the negatively impacted views? Uh, I have a, a, currently I have a video. Let's, let's take a look at where it's sitting right now. Sure. Okay. Um, it's at 1500 views right now. And it is Blizzard is deleting Wrath of the Lich King Classic. And so am I. <laughs> and uh, yeah, currently it's sitting at 48% likes, 52% dislikes, and 44 comments. So yeah. That's a lot of comments. Yeah, hmm. that's a lot of comments. So when you, when you, for us at least. When you uh, have the audacity to say, uh, hey, I don't like when you uh, delete an entire video game after 18 months, Blizzard. That apparently pisses people off for you to have that opinion, you know. But if I were to say, like, here, let's present it in this way, right? People, if you don't play WoW, just ignore this part, right? But for people who do play WoW, Wrath of Lich King is going away. They're relaunching Cataclysm and just deleting Wrath when that happens. Now, what happens if, let's say you bought uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, right? And then after 18 months of that game existing, they're like, all copies of Breath of the Wild will become Tears of the Kingdom. And, <laughs> and you're, you're thinking, uh, okay, why? But they're, they're two, they're like wildly two different games in a lot of respects yes they share the same world but like you lose all of those original quests when they do the conversion to the new game you don't overwrite the original you just leave them both there right no Mm. you have people arguing well the that one that you like you don't actually like it it actually kind of sucks in comparison to the the one i like you know and you have all these people like arguing for a lack of game preservation that just blows my mind it's so stupid that we wouldn't just get a handful or maybe even like 
two servers dedicated to the old version of the game just to be there if you want to play it in that fashion but um you know they'll they'll convince you like to hell and high water that that because the other version of the game is newer and has more then you don't need the old one at all and it's like well that's i'm sorry but i i live in a world where i like all versions of all games to be playable i do not like games being sunsetted or just disappearing into the ether uh my my wife bought ah oh, what was is it spellbound or square e- i'm gonna look this up quick square enix spell bound no that's not it um oh, square uh, enix or spoken no um game de- closed in less than a year Babylon's Fall? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of something else. There's another game that's kind of like this. Um, Yeah, so Babylon's Fall. Square Enix made that game, and in less than a year, it's virtually unplayable. My wife bought a copy of the game and didn't get a chance to play it because she uh, was on a military deployment shortly after she bought it. Well, why did she buy it? That's dumb. Because any other game in the history of the fucking universe, you can buy it and play it when you choose. But we now live in an age where your games can just disappear overnight. And I'm here on a gaming podcast saying, that's bullshit. So, anyway. I made a YouTube video saying, that's bullshit. <laughs> and that's, that apparently is angering 52% of my viewers. But didn't people go through this before when BC mm-hmm. turned into Wrath? Uh, yep. And uh, there's just radio fucking silence on that one. But it was a, they weren't dealing with the fact that Kata deletes the old world, right? Like the, the common, Mm -hmm. the common consensus that classic wow is vanilla TBC and wrath. And that Kata was when it quote unquote changed. Right. And this is, this is my video. Like there's a, there's a, there's a sense that like you had vanilla and then when TBC came out, you had the same talent trees. There were just more talents. And then you had jewel crafting. You had the same gear worked mostly the same way, but now it had gem slots. And then Wrath comes out and there's yet more talents on your same exact trees. And now you have glyphs and you're doing glyphs as well. And so mm-hmm. like there's some tuning, there's some a little bit of like optimization they did to classes to make more specs viable and things. But the overall sense is that it's like a cake with layers on it. And it's like you they made the cake, then they made TBC and they put a layer of frosting on it. Then they made Wrath and they put the sprinkles on top. But it's still the same cake. Now, if I say, um, well, why don't I just smash that cake down and make it into like, you know, you've had one of those like birthday cake donuts where it's like flavored like a birthday cake, but it's not actually a cake. That's kind of my analogy for what Cataclysm is. It's like they took all the pieces of things from the game from before and like squished it down and made it simpler to to the like that's what people said they wanted. So I, I'm not blaming Blizzard, but it fundamentally changed the game. That nobody can argue that <laughs> that that it didn't fundamentally change what the game was after that fact, in my opinion. Right. And so just on a basis of like game preservation preserve the original version just do it you're like you just got bought by microsoft for 70 billion dollars 
I'm sorry, but if Microsoft doesn't have the money to preserve games, then we're doomed. <laughs> right? So uh that that's my case, and I'm sticking to it, baby. So if you want to visit my YouTube and get angry at me, do it. I keep saying my, it's our YouTube. Um I now that you're back in your battle station, I look forward to your travelogs making their way to our YouTube channel. Me too. Me too. I got a lot of work ahead of me.